good-looking crowds, 90% of you. Of course, one or two are, could use a little work, <laughs> but then so could I. <coughs> All right, I want to preach this morning. I've got this idea about money for Christmas. If you're ever on the internet or whatever, they, these little pop-ups will tell you, well, here's a way to make money. And everybody's interested in how to have money for Christmas. Out in Arizona, there is a, a uh, string of mountains called the Superstition Mountains. And uh, in those mountains, there's supposed to be a lost Dutchman gold mine. So that's, the one, that's an idea. You can go over to Arizona and look for that Dutch golden mine, and if you can find it, it'll be there for Christmas money. Down the Camels Creek where I live, there is a legend uh, about a camel load of gold that was being transferred from Spanish Florida to New York State. Anybody ever heard this legend besides me? They say, they say that Camel's Creek was named not by, for the Campbell name, but for those camels that was transferring that gold. And uh, uh, so down there at a place called Slate Lick, I know where it is, but I'm not going to bother to go down there and look for that gold. But somehow or other that gold got lost and nobody found it. They found the camel but didn't find the gold. And so there's an idea. We'll go down there to Perryville Baptist Church, or it's right down the road from Perryville, and we'll make us a, uh, a uh, gold prospecting claim. Now, how many of you believe that works? But people believe that internet ploy that, hey, if you'll do this, you'll be a millionaire. I'm going, to, I'm going to show you something that works. I know it works because it worked for me. I have had jobs in my lifetime that I made more money than this church pays me. In fact, this, what this church pays me would be a puny salary compared to what I have worked and made in my life. <laughs> but, but what I am saying is that whenever I took God at his word, amen, he has blessed me, and with my hand up to heaven, if I never get out of this pulpit, he has blessed me so much more than I had when I was, had a job making big money. Because God has got a plan, and I want you to in on it, and you're not going to like it, but I want you to look at it. How I can have money for Christmas. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Look at verse 6. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances, have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Here it is, verse 8. 
I don't know where I ever preached this or not, but I will get a shot at it this morning. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now I will rebuke, rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, what I want to call your uh, attention to is verse number 10, uh, and, and where it says, bring your tithes into the storehouse. That's not what I'm, wanting to, what I'm wanting to call your attention to, is God said, I didn't say it. God said, prove me now herewith. Try this and see if it'll work. Is it Tim that's always got that? I've tried everything else. Let's see what God's got to say about it. Ask God for assistance. Ask the Lord to help you. Have you ever thought about it? Our Father in heaven, we need your assistance. Lord, we need your assistance every day. And God, we need it this morning. Father, I pray that you would help me to clear my mind to preach and help my dear people that are listening, my sick people, Father, that are out today, but they're listening by way of the Internet. Dear God, I pray for them. I ask you that you'd have mercy on them. Give us ears to hear what you pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I would say that... Uh, I read a story about a man that, that dreamed that he died and went to heaven. And they were this angel was taking them on a tour of the facilities up there. And he came across a large room, a huge room. And that room was full of boxes. And he asked the angelic escort, uh, uh, what is this multitude of boxes? What is it that's in these boxes? And the angel said, they're packed with answers to prayer that were never delivered because they didn't pray them. Now that's just a story. But could it be that if we would ask God, God would give a blessing to us that we couldn't contain? James chapter 4 verse 2 says, Ye lust and kill Desire to have and you cannot obtain. You war and yet you have not because of those unanswered boxes. Because you did not ask for them. Now I'm not talking about a person that asks amiss. But I'm talking about a Christian that doesn't even bother to ask. You want money for Christmas? Have you even thought of asking the Lord to help you? I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I'm not guilty of not asking. Amen. You know, if, if he wants to give me something, I want to be there to ask. Lord, if you want to make a millionaire out of me, that'd be fine with me. 
If, uh, see, when I get to heaven, they can't say, well, you didn't ask for it. Yes, I did. Amen. I, I may not ever have a big church, uh, uh, but it ain't because I didn't ask the Lord. Lord, give me people. Give me somebody that I can reach. I believe there is a direct uh, relationship between Christians' relationship with God and the blessings of God. Yeah. Our entire Christian walk is a walk of faith. And Jesus said this in John chapter 16. He said, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be filled. When we quote to God his very scriptures back to him, we transfer the weight of our financial problems off of our shoulders and onto his shoulders. I hope you can grasp. Boy, if we could just grasp what the preacher's saying this morning. We transfer all of that weight of our financial burden off of our shoulders and transfer it to the shoulders of God. Can we get rest that way? Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Don't be learning all the business aspects of the world. Learn of me. You'll find rest for your soul. We are plagued with, with vices that strangle our spirituality, whether it be the lusts of the flesh or the lusts of the eyes or the pride of life. Spiritual problems plague us. Physical problems plague us. Financial problems plague us. Our compliance with Scripture is all that we can do. The rest is up to God. Did you realize, can you, by faith, all we can do is say, Lord, I'm asking, and it's up to you, and he has the ability to see fit to give me what he wants me to have. I told you about the lady that wanted to be a missionary. She longed all her life to be able to go across the water and go over and tell foreign people about the love of God. And when she came down pretty close to the end of the time, Uh, She wasn't able to do that. And she said that she just sat down one day and and said, well, I can't can't give a light to the world, but I can brighten the corner where I am. And she sat down and wrote that song, Brighten the Corner Where You Are. You may be, amen. Amen, you may be stuck and not ever get out of the position you're in, but you can be a light in that position. You can be a light to those around you. Uh, uh, Jesus said in John 14, uh, uh, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, In another place he said, This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Uh, His commandments are not grievous. Uh, Now if we're bound to the law of Moses, that's grievous. But the commandments he gives us are not grievous. Peter said that in John or Acts 15. Why tempt God to put a yoke upon these new converts' neck that we can't bear ourselves? The easy way is the faith way. The easy way is to ask God and then just settle back and say, God, I've asked you. We realize uh, that he's paid it. He, did you know he owns, owns it all? Right. I mean, he, he, the rest is his. Colossians 3, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above uh, uh, and not the things on the earth. Uh, uh, Christ sits on the right hand of God and we need to set our affection on things up there because we're dead and our life is hid with Christ in God. 
Anytime that we as Christian people lose sight of that relationship with God, then we will run into troubles. Uh, whether it be by open rebellion or trying to impress the Lord with our dead works, uh, uh, or chosen, we've chosen a hard way. But to walk with Him and talk with Him, uh, our goal. Uh, uh, Enoch had that so down pat that he, he walked with Him so long that he just walked right on over to heaven with Him. Amen. What was his testimony, preacher? That he pleased God. It said he pleased God, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and must believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. <coughs> you want money for Christmas? Do you believe God can give it to you? Am I, are you listening to me? To have God's blessing on our life is what gives us victory. Uh, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Uh, uh, thanks be to God, which giveth us uh, uh, the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to get back to the prophet Malachi, where this thing started. Uh, he was, had this accusation against the children of Israel. He said in Malachi 3, 7, From the days of your fathers, you're going away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. But if you will return to me, I will return to you. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, we cannot turn away our ears from hearing the preacher. Amen. You think that's just a little old fat guy there behind the pulpit. I'm telling you right now, my office is the preacher of God Almighty and the words that I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to them because I prayed and prepared and asked the Lord to help me to get through to you with this sermon this morning. Now don't turn away your ears from hearing the preacher. Evidently the fathers of Malachi's day had done a good job of, of turning away and not following the instructions of the book. Poor example to their children. Children look at their parents, and generally where their parents lead them is where they go. We have a natural bent towards backsliding anyway. Would you agree with that? We, we have a natural bent towards trying to take on the ways of the world. But let's give them up, and, and let, let's try to set a, a right example before our children. Amen. When I've only got one girl. But whenever they lay me in that casket and that little girl of mine comes by and looks down in her daddy's face, I'd like for her to be able to say, my daddy taught me about Jesus. My daddy was an example to me of how I should live and how should I should, uh, amen, how I should walk in this world. Make sure, make sure your life is a good sermon. It's a sermon. Make sure it's a good one and not a bad one. <laughs> amen. You are our epistle. That means letter. You are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. May I add, especially your kids will read what you do. I think of Titus 2, 7, all things showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine and showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. The word that Paul uses for pattern there, uh, it has the meaning of, uh, uh, to you or I, more like a brand than I. It has a, a more like a stamp on it. You, you, when he said uh, it was a pattern, it's uh, something akin to what Isaiah said about the God that he had our 
our names imprinted, stamped in his hands. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, the uh, Engraving uh, thee on the palms of my hands, thy walls are continually before me. I believe the mark of the nails in the hands of Jesus. I believe there's an eternal significance of his love for us. I believe he laid down there and allowed them to put the print of the nails. The nails drove through. You remember Thomas said, I'd like to see him. And he showed them to him. There they are. Now, I've not saw them yet, but I believe they're there. I believe stamped on the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ are the marks of his love for me and his love for you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, I'm thinking about do we have any marks? Can we, like the apostle Paul, say I bear in my body the marks of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ? Something stamped on us that we could take. I, I said this when Peter and John come out there after they'd beat on them and they look at each other and said, man, here's something I'm going to be able to take to the judgment seat of Christ and say, looky here. Yeah. Very few people have that. Am I telling it right? Very few people. Uh, we like Malachi's day. People, we have drifted away from the Lord. But there is a plan for restoration. Malachi chapter 3 verse 7, Return unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Don't be like those that said, well, uh, what we go, how we going to return? It's sad to be out of the will of God, but it's sadder still not to even know that you're out of the will of God. How we going to return? You believe people can get far enough away from God that they don't even realize that they've drifted? They can get so far away they think everything's all right to the point they deceive themselves and denial. God says, here's a, here's a word for a Baptist church. Repent, God says. That means to turn from what you're doing and do something else. Money for Christmas. Maybe we're spending it on the wrong stuff. Turn and do something else. I think it's bad enough to know you're lost in the woods. It's worse than that to know that you'd be lost in the woods and not even know you're lost. God is always wanting us to seek Him. He said, if you'll seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. He said, when you search with me with all your heart, I want to know God. If I know my heart at all, which is desperately wicked, but if I know anything about it, I want, I want to know the Lord. I want to seek Him, not my conception of Him, but to know Him as He shows Himself in His book. Psalm 145, the Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, that call upon Him in truth. James 4, 8, draw nigh unto God and He'll draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded, ye afflicted, and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Now, preacher, how can I return? Pay attention. Amen. Psalm 85, I will hear what the Lord will speak, for He will speak peace unto his people and unto his saints, but let them not return again to folly. I want to give you three, three methods that God uses to speak to us. 
be careful with him. Number one, God always uses the Bible. That, that is his first line of communication is what does the book say. Amen. If we, if we will listen to what that book says, then we won't go wrong. I mean, you, you want to know what God says about this? See what the Bible says about it. Amen. Uh, uh, next, God uses uh, 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 subjective things, but nevertheless, God can use them. The Spirit. By that I mean, you know, you'll be impressed uh, uh, by some Spirit to do something. Here's the thing about that. You've got to try the spirits because there are a lot of false spirits that have gone out in the world. So whenever they, you have, well, I, I, I believe that God would have me to do this. Well, try that spirit and see if, if you can find reason in the Bible to do that. And of course, the third one is like a, a, a providence, the circumstances of life. They will all line up for you. Here, here's the way. I, I read about the... Uh, lighthouses of uh, uh, long ago uh, out there on the uh, guiding the ship into the harbor. It said you had, you had I believe two or three lights and what you did, you lined those lights up in, in a, a straight line and if you followed that straight line, you'd make it in. If you, amen, preacher. Amen, preacher. If you'll follow that straight line, you'll make it in the harbor. But if you get the lights out of line, you get them messed up where one's over here and one's over there, you're headed for the rocks. Crash on the rocks. God will use things to give you peace and guidance. A contrite heart. The Lord will not despise. Uh, uh, sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart uh, and come to him in that manner and he'll not cast you aside. I, I want to say this. Y'all remember, uh, remember the cartoons back when cartoons were cartoons? There's this big old white leghorn named Foghorn Leghorn. Y'all remember him? He gets that little guy and say, pay attention, sonny. I'm talking to you. Listen to what I'm telling you. As a preacher, so I don't want to be mean to you, but sometimes I feel like grabbing you and saying, pay attention to me, sonny. I'm talking to you. Listen to me. You want money for Christmas. I can give you the sweetest Christmas you ever saw if you'll be right with God. Avoid people who do not add to your spirituality. Amen. There's a lot of people who wants to put a wet blanket on anything that you want to do for God. Just stay away from it. I'm not saying be mean to people, but I'm saying people will bring you down spiritually and you don't have any uh, uh, fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Uh, amen. Uh, uh, words of the old song, I have decided to follow Jesus. How many of you can say that, preacher? I have decided... To follow Jesus. Amen. I think that's about every adult and most of the children. Good, good. I have too. Amen. But to follow him, it's, it's essential that we surrender to his will. Where he leads me, I will follow. It is essential that we praise his name. It is essential that we have patience in our walk. Don't try to go too fast. You'll get in front of him. Don't try to go too slow. You're dragging your feet. You're walking behind. But if you can walk hand in hand 
with the Lord Jesus right there beside him and whatever he tells us to do. And one thing, don't despise the chastening of the Lord. I mean, I don't know how, sometimes I think, why did God do it that way? I, I don't know how come he would do it that way. But see, he didn't ask me to understand why he done it. He just asked me to believe that he'd done it for my good and his glory. Amen. You see, we're always worried about what's fair. We need to be worried about what's true. I don't think it was fair that Jesus nailed to the cross and suffered and bled and died. I don't think that's fair at all. But it is true. And that's God's plan. And if that's God's plan, that's the way God wants it, then that's the way I want it. It does not feel good whenever we go through the chastening. But I remember this from Mama when she'd whip me. If I'd get up real close to her, she couldn't swing as hard. <laughs> These kids find this stuff out. Yeah, yeah. if I get out there at arms lit, man, she could wear me out. She would be arrested for child abuse today. But uh, she had a way of producing better children than we're producing with this Dr. Spock method. Like the good kings of Judah, set your heart to do the will of God. A plan for money for Christmas. Listen and hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I think, uh, have I made a, a big effort in this sermon to appeal to your heart? Uh, if God has your heart, the rest of you will follow. Amen. If God has control and fills your heart, the, the, you won't fail. Amen. You'll have what you need for Christmas. Malachi explains to Israel the reason why they were not blessed financially. He simply explained it because it's thieves. Uh, he, they robbed God. Israel was cursed for offering corrupted sacrifices. They offered the blind, the lame, and the halt and expected God to approve. Uh, I, I'm just as much a southerner as anybody, but I want to tell you, Confederate money ain't going to buy you much today. Yeah. You've got to have something that's valid. You know, I'm thinking about, uh, well, this suit's wore out. I think I'll give it to Goodwill. <laughs> amen, amen. I ain't going to give him one of my new suits. Are you crazy? I heard about this uh, preacher, uh, a preacher from up in Michigan, uh, Tom Malone. I don't know whether you knew Brother Malone or not. But anyway, he said that he was at this uh, uh, church meeting and they were going to, have a, a giveaway suits to any person who could prove that they were a missionary. And he said, well, what do, I need to, what do I need to prove it? And he said, well, it's just a little card or something that says, hey, I'm missionary so-and-so. And there was one fellow sitting there. And he was all dejected, and Brother Malone said he went over and sat down beside of him and said, are you a missionary? He said, I sure am. He said, well, go up there and get you a suit. He said, I don't have nothing to prove that I'm a missionary. Well, Dr. Malone said, I, I, oh, I believe you are, so I'll buy you a suit. <laughs> the old boy went on his way rejoicing and happy that God had fulfilled his promises to him. Dr. Malone said he went home, and the next week a truck pulled up to his door, and there was a man with two new suits. And he said, I heard what you done for the missionary. 
And I thought I'd just pay you back. Uh, Preacher Malone said he sat down and began to cry. And he said, why are you crying? You ought to be happy. He said, man, I wish I'd have bought him two suits. I could have had a whole truckload. <laughs> Will we believe God? Will we believe that God is able to supply our need? Uh, there are preachers today that are crooked as a barrel of fishes. The big indictment against the majority of people is they rob God. How? In tithes and offerings? Here is a proven fact about giving. When you do not give the Lord his due, you're actually robbing yourself. And I found that out years ago. Amen. I found that out years ago. It's been a long time since I give 10%. Amen. I, I thought, well, you know, that's my duty to give 10%. I'm going to give more than that. And I'm going to give a, a amount of, according to the way God's blessed me this week. Amen. How did God bless me this week? I'm going to try to tithe on that amount. Now, I know that the actual tithing system was under the Mosaic law, but also know that Abraham uh, uh, gave tithes uh, uh, long before the law ever came about. <laughs> Amen. When you don't uh, give to the Lord, if you want to know the results, read the book of Judges where people did what they wanted to do. Uh, 17th chapter, you find a preacher out there trying to find him a place to preach wandering around all over the place. He's supposed to be taken care of, children. Wasn't no preacher have to run around looking for a place. But in Judges chapter 17, he was out there saying, does anybody want to hire me? I'm a good preacher. I'm a good priest. Will you, will you want to hire me? But if you'll read the 19th chapter, you'll find uh, uh, what happened to that kind of logic. Spiritual abuse, spousal abuse, murder, Jack a Ripper instead of Jack Van Impey. If you'll read that, you'll find out, uh, amen, that we should have been supporting God's house all along. Look at the last chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, uh, the logistics of today. He that hath gathered much had nothing over. He that gathered little had no lack. 2 Corinthians 9. Every man, according as the purpose in his heart, let him give, not grudgingly or of a necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you have always sufficiency in all things, abound to every good work, as it written, he is first abroad, his righteousness remains forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower and bread to the eater, uh, 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 multiply your seed sown, increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched to everything. Good preaching not only shows the people their faults, but good preaching shows them what to do about it. I hope I'm a good preacher. I identify the problem. Then can we cure it? I think the first thing we need to do is change our behavior. Am I preaching to you? Are you here worried about how Christmas is going to fall apart? How about going from your worry and putting your cares on the Lord Jesus? 10 and 11, some hope that in our repentance, God gives you a challenge to prove him. See if what he says he'll do. I, I think about Abraham. One thing about Abraham, it said he staggered not at the promise of God. I just gave you the promise of God. Does it cause you to stagger? 
Check it out, children. I'm not offering you Randy Wilson's voucher. I'm offering you a voucher from him who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Can he open the windows of heaven even in an economic recession? Can you see in verse 10 money for Christmas? Read it again. Prove me, he said. Faith in God. And God can give you everything you need. Amen, amen. I could go on. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've preached enough that I, I could tell you some stories about Christmas. But I want you to know that God has supplied all my needs. Beyond, beyond my needs, God has supplied for me, and I love it. I mean, when it looked like I wasn't going to be able to make ends meet, he said, here's the end right here. Stuck it together. Money for Christmas. It's available. Let's bow for prayer.